It's that time you waited anxiously for all week. Your new anti-anxiety therapy. It's the Queer Centric and Queer's Johnny. Welcome, welcome. It's another episode of the Queer Centric where we talk about all the things you should be talking about in your daily life and we're here to make your life better so before we get into the actual proper show today i just want to mention some things uh you know we've all been stuck in our house it snowed way too long way too much i think it's been snowing from october until this morning um but there are things you can do get out and support the city and do fun entertaining things so i do want to mention some things that are, are coming to our town uh at the fox theater downtown on april 20th and 21st Chelsea Handler is going to be in town, and my I enjoy her, but my favorite thing is the name of her show is Little Big Bitch, and I feel like I need that t-shirt because that describes my world perfectly, uh, so I'm going to get it tattooed. I'm just basically Little Big Bitch. Uh, also, I want to say the Special K Bar and Grill host something called so we love comedians we love supporting our local comedians and there is an open mic night they do once a once a month and they call it the sassy squatch and listen i'll support any sasquatch that's a little sassy that is totally my jam so look for special k bar and grill and go to the sassy squatch because just for that i'm gonna show up and see what happens see what sassy squatches show up to give me some comedy last but not least we want to mention that the spokane comedy club which of course they have some of our comedy writers that are lovely and join us on this show they are hosting jamie kennedy on april 21st and 22nd so you can go see chelsea and then right after you can go over and see jamie kennedy uh, so there's lots of fun things you can do. You guys know you can always either check our website, queercentric.com, and look on our calendars, or you can send us an email. I love hearing from you guys, and we will we will uh, tell you what's going on. We try to keep our, our fingers on the pulse. But as we get, this is a fun show. Uh, this is going to be a fun show, because as we know, I'm a big fan of indie artists, indie artists of all kinds, but I especially have uh, affinity for filmmakers. So I am very excited to welcome our next guest from the upcoming release, A Marriage of Inconvenience, debuting on the streaming service Deku.com on April 6th. We have the stars of the show, Jason T. Gaffney and David Allen Singletary. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. So Thank welcome. You, so you had to, and both of you have the three thing going on. You know, I mean, one has just middle initial. The other one is like full on. You could be a lawyer. You just full. So thank you for being so proper. <laughs> of course. So oh, for, David, what was that? Sassy was my nickname in high school. So this is the perfect, uh, right? you know. I mean, we knew it. So that was your nickname. I have little big bitch as a tramp stamp on my back. So there we go. Oh my we <laughs> Nothing about well, I can't take that one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, let's get, let's, first I want to talk to, Jason, I want to talk to you what I find interesting. First of all, how long did you guys, did it go from when you wrote this with your dad, which is fascinating to me, uh, to when you filmed it and now you're finally getting to see this baby of yours released yeah so we were supposed to film in uh in march of 2020 oh uh, but obviously <laughs> we all know what happened yeah um <laughs> thankfully i mean 
obviously there's nothing to be thankful about with a pandemic, but thankfully the pandemic and the closures happened like two weeks before we were going to film. So we didn't have anything in the can in advance, which meant that we didn't need to like continuity anything. Yeah. Um, but we, we wrote it in, I want to say we, we pretty much wrote the first season in 2019 and got it all ready to go. And, uh, and then we were just on hiatus until we filmed it uh, at last year. And now it's finally coming out and it's like, I can't right. even wait for people right. to see it. And then like, how did, so David, were you waiting in the wings this, that whole time? Or when did David come on board? Um, yeah. So uh, when, you know, Jason ha- and his uh, dad had, had written the project and they had um, tapped me um, saying that they had me in mind for Franklin. So I uh, had to read for the part early on um, just to kind of make sure that it, that it gelled in my voice and that I could bring what they wanted to it. And I was just immediately, I mean, first of all, when someone like Jason, I mean, Jason and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but when someone like Jason uh, and uh, his production company tap you, for a role like Franklin, the immediate answer is yes, yes, yes. I don't care. I'm coming. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> more ways than one. Um, but, You're on the right um, show. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, uh, so quickly. Um, yeah. So when they did, you know, when they said that, I was automatically on board and I was very lucky. So after the uh, chemistry read, after we read, um, I was essentially cast, but they wanted me to do chemistry reads with the other characters opposite us. So the people behind the table for those initial auditions were going to be Jason and myself and the director, which is also an incredible opportunity for an actor because it is so rare that you ever get to be behind the table and get to see auditions um, and get to see those nerves and things like that. And it was also again crazy because you know the pandemic hadn't really we just heard murmurs of it and so we were there with you know armed with a box of tissues and some (laughs) some some antibacterial we were like what could happen everything's fine i took some do this we're gonna see a hundred people today um yeah and then after that yeah since then i have i have just been wholeheartedly from the moment that they that i got to read uh this script on board so yeah see that's amazing and and i know what it's like as you wait and wait this has got to be such an exciting thing you what you're down to a little over a week till this this beautiful uh show which is a lot of fun everybody who's listening it is worth watching it's uh it's really cute and really sweet. And then it, oh, and then when it ends, I'm like, it can't be season. And there's no, I need season two tomorrow because we want to know what's, what's going on. I, I want to back up a little bit, Jason, and talk about what, okay. So I saw, I love that you wrote with your dad because my dad is a Southern Baptist minister. So this would never, this would never be happening. What in the world, obviously very supportive parents, but what's it like? Uh, I mean, obviously, you've written uh, you've written other things and and starred in other in other things. What's it like creating this world? These two guys, their sexual chemistry, all with your dad. Yeah. So thankfully, my dad takes kind of a backseat with any of the sexual uh, <laughs> stuff. He's like, 
I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust <laughs> that you know what you're writing on that. Um, but he doesn't shy away from questions. Like if he has a, he'll, there have been times where he'll be like, is that a thing? Is that something that happens? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Um, but he's, he's like, he's a cool dad. I got cool parents. And, um, but what he's, one of our biggest strengths is that like we have very similar sensitive humor. And so it's really easy for us to be brainstorming and kind of pitching ideas back and forth. And when one hits, it's like, Oh, I see where you're going. I'm now going to one up you and make it even funnier. And then the first person who pitched will be like, Oh, I see where you're going now too. What if we also do this? And, you know, and like, it's also really great when we get to write for people we know. So like yeah. getting to write for David, we know how he talks. And yeah. so we can write it to really flow out of him easily so that he just, it's home run, home right. run, home run. See, that's amazing. And what I love is there's such this, I mean, obviously everybody talks about in all the press that uh, it's it's similar to the odd couple or I prefer the comparison to Grace and Frankie. I just, it, it's just a little, it's a little more fun in that. But your characters are completely different from each other. I mean, from from the goofy aspect to the the parts of life you come from to the, what is, did you start with, oh, I want to do a concept like this. You know, how do you, it's a beautiful way to play the story. Yeah, so when we were initially searching for ideas, we were trying to find, so so my production company's mission statement, my pet hip productions, is to make LGBTQ plus content, content where the conflict is never about being queer, gay, et cetera. It's, it's just, it's those kind of post coming out stories. It's yeah. the, it's watching us in our lives in a world where people are cool with us. And so it makes us have to think a little bit harder as to what could the conflict be. And I'm a huge fan of kind of enemies to lovers, that kind of yeah. trope in the romance world. And so we were kind of thinking like, all right, well, what about like witness protection? Is there something we could do there? And then we were thinking, okay, witness protection, two people getting partnered together that don't know each other, polar opposite. And it one thing led to another, which kind of led us to that Grace and Frankie odd couple road. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in there, I tell you, you get so connected to the characters, like certain things will happen. Like, I won't give it away. Everybody watch it. But, you know, the thing that happens near the end and you're just like, no, this has to be this way. These these two are beautifully, beautifully written. And I did want to mention, so, uh, David, you did a, a wonderful interview with our friends over at Bear World Magazine. Um, and I was reading some of it. I was pulling some quotes. There's something, uh, you know, one of the things you say, Jason, is you like to put a very distinct focus on diversity in the work that you do. You are very uh, focused on making sure that happens. And David, you've said, I'm often asked to play a convict, a prisoner, a security guard, a gang member based on body type. Uh, tell me, first of all, I've been, I know, I've, I've lived down there. I get that. What's it like to get able to show this side, you know, that people can see and then maybe casting directors might, you know, get some thoughts in their head that you don't just have to play that guy. 
I mean, it's it was really like an incredible opportunity for me. Um, I think, yeah, and I've said this so many times, you know, especially this, we've gotten a lot of amazing press uh, for this show already, which is incredible. You know, things like Queer Tea, um, you know, really getting this LGBT um, voice. And I'm like, my biggest thing here is even if a small portion of people who look like me who are these little, you know, brown gay kids are growing up and they're getting to see themselves reflected back to them on screen, which is something that I have not really been able to see. Um, and I always kind of preface this because, you know, these, I have played a lot of, I am a almost six, four muscular, I'm a big guy, you know, and um, I lived in New York before this 12, you know, for 12 years. And a lot of those, opportunities a lot of those shows are gritty uh, you know urban dramas so i've met with these casting directors who want me to speak less and 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 see my sweetness and see my humor and see my voice and my mannerisms as a flaw because they want me to be again a convict i i mean one of my <laughs> big roles in new york was i was literally a killer i played a killer running through the streets of new york with a gun and i was oh. wrecking everything them. It's so fun, so fun. But I was also, you know, um, I tell people I worked really hard um, on my education. I value, uh, you know, the hard work that I put into myself and being articulate. And I can play more than that. And the great thing about um, my Pet Hippo Productions is that they are a production that looks at you as a unique individual and takes your aspects and amplifies them and they see them as a positives and it also helped that i you know i am best friends uh with jason so he has seen me go to these auditions and see me play these roles and see me you know, go to casting directors and then say oh fantastic you are a convict which again i respect these roles these are stories that need to be told and they should be respected and everyone has to pay their dues and i'm not saying that i'm above that and please if you want to cast me as a convict in a major film please please um but <laughs> smart um, that's called smart actor that's what that is <laughs> but it's but but that is not really reflective obviously of who i am i am a uh well-educated man of color who is married who um you know, often can be found shopping at the nearest Crate and Barrel and making a charcuterie and um, who wants to be a father. And there has not been a role for me, uh, you know, in that until this role. And one of the things that's so funny because Jason does know how I speak and he knows, and it's been a double-edged sword because I am a person who will shade you like a mighty oak and read you like a, you know, like a machine gun. And if you're if you're familiar with with Gilmore Girls, you know that's how Jason kind of wrote Franklin, and it is this rapid fire thing. And so I was like, great, until I saw these paragraphs that were just, and I was like, okay, I was up for the challenge. Um, but it's just been an incredible thing. And when I look back on it, um, I am just so happy and so proud to be a part of it. And it's a scary thing. It's exciting and it's scary that it's going to be out so soon because so much of myself, I think, went into Franklin from the tears to uh, laughter and heart. And it's a lot of love. And hopefully people come away loving him. And I hope that someone else that was like me sees this and is uh, proud 
and knows that they can do that. And if it's if they don't see themselves now, that someone will write it. And if not, maybe their best friend will. <laughs> yeah. And if it doesn't, write it yourself. I always say that. Listen, no one was handing right. the chubby older gay guy. Uh, so I just write my own shit. That's just how that happens. But I want right. to say seeing you, not only even for me, this old cis white guy who is in the bear world, seeing uh, someone that I, you know, in the bear world, be up there and not be this, you know, third level, you know, they're not really near the main character. That even for someone like me, I think that's just as important. And the something I wanted to, to read a quote, Jason, that you said, there really is a huge problem in Hollywood with sticking actors in roles based on stereotypes. As a writer, director, and producer, I feel an obligation to be as inclusive as possible. And I have to say, lots of people say that. Very few people go to the effort that you go to down to the crew. Why is yep. that so important? And how much work is that in Hollywood to make happen? So I have a lot of things to say on this. Uh, the first <laughs> is it shouldn't be hard. It really shouldn't. There are amazing people of color. There are amazing queer people. There are amazing women. There are amazing uh, older people. There are amazing newcomers who are waiting in the wings to be brought in. And the biggest problem I've noticed that Hollywood has is that they're, they want to try new things, but they're afraid to try new things. So and the same thing happens with cast and crew and casting people outside of what they think the world will be comfortable with. But then you see things like Black Panther, Crazy Rich yeah. Asians, everything, everywhere, all at once. Like all of these projects and films that are just blowing expectations out of the water. And it's proof that we are hiding under a rock here in Hollywood when there's no need to. There are people who are more than capable of doing roles and jobs outside of what we think they are capable of doing. And it's, it is, uh, it is a disservice to other productions that they don't bring in a diverse casting crew right. because every time, every film shoot I do has problems. Inevitably, there's going to be some sort of hiccup. There's going to be something that goes sideways. And, you know, part of the, the joys of production is getting to put out those fires or think on the spot and fix things or rewrite a scene because the location <laughs> fell through, whatever the thing is. And I have been able to utilize the multicultural experience and multi-generational and multi- uh, gender experience of my cast and crew to make sure that I am representing people correctly, that, that we are telling a story that reflects people authentically and that, that tells a story that is as inclusive as we all want our world to be. Right. I mean, so typically it's, it's, I always, and this is horrible because you actually are a producer because I always say, well, Hollywood producers, they just want what's been proven. They want formula because formula they know is going to work. So they get afraid to go outside of that. But here you are who have, you know, you've been in the production producing game even before you started producing all of your own stuff. So you ruined my, now I can't say that anymore. Cause, but it's <laughs> the good thing about that is just like, you're not trying to limit people 
I have to remember every once in a while, a good one's going to walk in the door and that's going to be part of it. Now, do you find... Uh, just, to, just to piggyback yeah. off of that, I also want to say that um, when one of the great things that um, Jason has done, just coming from the other side of that, is that if you do take... Um, if you do take chances and you are trying to diversify, you do have a responsibility to um, do a service to the people that you are casting. And I think that it has been incredible working specifically with Jason and my pet Hippo production and everyone on, on, on staff there, because it's, you know, him writing in my voice, there have been times when we have done these, these um, readings and he will specifically make sure that the people that are, um, reading these scripts and are listening to it out loud are people of color. And he says, is this, you know, is, is this right, the right tone? Is this offensive? He specifically sought out um, people behind the scenes in lighting in um, videography and, um, you know, director of photography, things like that, people of color, because he realized that he would have predominantly a, a lighter person. Uh, <laughs> and, and the, and he wanted to make sure that we both looked our best lighting wise that is something that not everyone thinks about you know mm -hmm. you have me over here look like you know 11:59, and he's looking great <laughs> you know what I mean? so that is that you know that is something that not everyone thinks of but that is something so small and makes such the difference and when you come onto set and you know that the makeup artist has your shade and you know that the lighting people are looking in the camera and making sure that we both look great it's just, it's just, I'm telling you, it's, it, that, that is something that if you are looking at production and you are looking at casting people, make sure that the people that you have on set, that you have people who can do their hair, do their makeup and do their lighting. It's something so small, but it is not small because yet, if you ever, you know, been on set and you haven't had people to do that and you've had no one to cut your hair or no one to do your makeup, that is some, that is a feeling that you shouldn't have. And this is a smaller production. This is an indie production. And I felt the most comfortable See, and that's amazing. I have many friends uh, in in LA, and I've had have sadly heard many stories um, where it is not like that on set. But you know, production is you have eight thousand, and you also directed like half of these episodes. You have eight thousand uh, little pieces, and yet you have cared for every piece to create this world. Now, do you find, I mean, thank God, I mean, you basically do it all. Thank God you have your own production company and everything. Did you find working outside of that, that it was more of a fight? And is it this having to do everything, but still having a little more control over your, your art that, that you prefer that and it's better? Yeah. So, so thankfully, uh, Deku who partnered with us to make this series, they are, they were like a thousand percent on board with everything. And they, they, their energy is that I'm the creative, I'm going to do the creative job so that they don't come in. They don't try to change anything. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of studios and production companies, they can get a lot of hands into the script and be like, Oh, I don't know. Is that going to be really bad for this demographic? And it's like, well, maybe we don't care what that demographic wants. Right. Maybe this story isn't their story. Exactly. Maybe it's this demographic story. And I like to think that my these stories, the stories we create, everyone can enjoy them. You don't have to be a member of the LGBTQ plus community to enjoy this story. But it's also written for us. So that like that's our that's our target demo. And hopefully everyone else gets to come in and watch. 
um, and getting a getting the chance to direct uh, a, a portion of the episode, getting a chance to be a writer on this and a producer and multiple other jobs <laughs> really has helped me make the vision what I envisioned when I wrote it. And and that that's a real luxury and it comes with the double-edged sword of it's a lot of work. It yeah. takes a lot of time and preparation. Um, but because of that time and preparation, we're able again to really utilize the strength of David's comedy and the strengths of David's drama acting, along with, you know, Tammy Dahlstrom, who plays Diane and all of the other amazing cast uh, uh, who are part of this project. And let's just take a little moment. And I have to say, so there's even this cameo that I love with all of my heart because I adore him. Every once in a while, here comes Alec Mappa running through, of course, playing the neighbor Claude who, you know, tried to kill you with a, with a muffin. And the first episode, <laughs> what I want to know, first of all, I'm hoping and expecting a season two. Is this a... That's the plan. Good. I I like the plan. (laughs) (laughs) I read an interview where you say you've mapped it out a ways, so we're just, you know, everybody just needs to get on board. Uh, How did Alec doing this funny cameo uh, come about, and are we going to see more of Alec in you guys' lives in season two? So my hope is yes, but obviously you never know what schedules are going to do. But we got really lucky where... So uh, every time we do a casting or we do a project, I, I, there's always a handful of roles who I've cast in advance and I know who they're going to be like David or uh, a couple other people. And then we tend to cast the rest based on just submissions from actors. And we put up this role for Claude. It, it's a, you know, it's a cameo role that comes in for a couple of uh, moments in a couple episodes. <laughs> and his rep, submitted him and we look and i've loved alec mappa for like as long as i can remember uh, I, I think the first time i remember his performances in connie and carla and i was like oh yeah amazing everything and so we didn't ask him to audition we we wrote to the agent his agent and we're like so we love him and we want him to do this uh but there's no way that we can afford him. Right. Is there any way he would have any sort of compassion <laughs> to do this for uh, less than he's worth? Um, would he, he do it for brand muffins? Would he do it for that? <laughs> well, and he's he is so generous to the queer community. He does a lot of projects in the indie queer community. Um, you know, I... I look forward to the day when I have a larger budget so that I can bring him in and be like, just make it rain on him <laughs> with money because he deserves everything. And I, his professionalism on set was, was awesome. He, the fact that every single take I could use every single take, every wow. single one we, we, we did uh, with the final one that we shot, which was at night. Cause we kind of did it out of order because of the daytime nighttime stuff. Right. Um, we did that maybe seven or eight times, not because we needed to, but because just hit the joke every time. And we wanted a variety and I just let him loose and he did such a great job. See, that's amazing. Alec, 
I was so excited when um, when Jason brought up Alec because I've known Alec for years. Alec has just, I mean, I was so excited when he, um, you know, agreed to this project and I messaged him and, and things like that. Alec is a pillar of the community. He is absolutely a gay icon. Um, my husband and I um, have been seriously looking into, after we got married, you know, looking into children and figuring out how we're going to do that. And, you know, Alec... Um, is such a big proponent of uh, adoption. You know, he and his husband adopted their son, who is now practically grown up. It's crazy, Zion. And um, he walked me through all of those things and and what that was like. And he has an amazing uh, documentary out there called uh, Baby Daddy, if you guys haven't seen it. Um, But, you know, Alec being a part of this was so special because he is Again, I feel like this project is is all about a love and 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 the community. And he is love, and he is the community, and he's one of the funniest people you could ever meet in your life. And so it's it's really a coup that that Jason was able to to get him, and really a coup for us to have him on. So I hope he does come back. Yeah, definitely. And David, I have to know what was it like your best friend? What was it like being directed on set by this man you know so well? What was that experience like? Um, you know what? It was amazing. And, you know, it's it's weird because um, I feel like there is a, an extra set of, um, I feel like, pressure, not just to to do well for yourself as an actor, but I think that when you've known for someone for so long and when you know, you know, I know his, his father, I know his mother, I know his family, we've worked on projects before they've known me since i was a wee a wee tyke so and so for them to put me in this uh you know in this role even though they've seen me and things i've done things you know they, they've known me for a long time they know my work but um to trust me with franklin was a huge thing and so uh it was a whole lot of just wanting to um make them proud and we hadn't worked with each other in this large a capacity so there's a lot of kind of getting to know each other as far as like that like a lot especially on role like I, I, on the day when I, um, there's a, there's a scene, um, where I am very upset and that day was a lot of, of crying. And there was a lot of, um, a lot of changing throughout this. We had some crazy things happen on set where we just, you know, I always say I'm the river, not the rock. And I always try to show up, show up in life, but also to set positive. So it was like, and it's very stressful, you know, this is my best friend and he is not only my, my, um, co-star but he is also the director the writer the producer so it's not only my job in a way as as an actor to perform for for him and to get the results but it's also my job as i feel like his friend um to keep him in the game and keep him calm and keep things back so when things would go crazy i would just be like look it's me and you we're gonna get all these shots let's bring it in what do you need you know and i remember on the day when um the day before we were supposed to have our really really um, hard day. He's like, okay, um, do you need anyone? Do you want no one to speak to you tomorrow? Because you're not, you're going to be crying all, it's really hard. And I was like, babe, did you forget? Like, I come from the theater. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I got this. Yeah. I was like, I'm good. And, you know, and then we do that. And then, you know, again, we hadn't done, um, we hadn't done really dramatic acting together because I'm always the funny guy. And so I'm doing that and I'm like weeping and he's like, where is this coming from? And he's crying. And then we had a, a crazy a mix up or a crazy thing. You know, everything's always changing on set. And he's like, I'm so sorry. Um, 
the next scene, this is after seven hours of crying, he's like, the next scene is a party scene. And the and the, and the makeup artist is like, what? And she's running around <laughs> like frozen spoons for my eyes. It's a hot mess. I got you, I'm fine. I look like Judy Garland after a bender, but everything's great. We're fine. Everything is fine. So it's it, it was really great to have him there because he lifted me up, I lifted him up, and I just really, at the end of the day, was hoping to make him proud. And I honestly, I think you you did just that. Have you two been able to, did you guys get to sit down together and watch what you created? Has that moment happened before this premiere? And what was that like? Yeah, yeah we, I got, we got lucky and we were able to do that. Um, we, we had planned to do it a little sooner, but I think, I think Jarrell might've gotten sick. If that, mm-hmm. if that serves. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a planned date. So then it got delayed. So then, mm-hmm. but then we finally got a chance to sit down and watch it. And, um, it's, it's always, I'm totally desensitized to watching myself because I've done this, my particular job so often at this point of like directing and being in the editing room and seeing all of the right. performance, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. And it's, there's a real something that I learned when I was only acting and something that I've learned even more once I started jumping into the director's shoes as well is that there's a real relationship of trust that needs to be formed between the director and the actor that we're going to put the best performance forward and because actors will have moments where I know this for myself there are certain shots I've done where I'm like that was the take I know it was and I'll watch it back and I'll be like it was really good and this is the take and even though this performance isn't technically as amazing the subtle nuances fit the scene better and so it's it's I always get nervous when I'm watching it with uh, with my fellow leads because I'm like, you got to trust me. This is the one. This is the one. <laughs> and thankfully, when David was watching it, he was getting into it and getting excited. And because it's also like it's jarring to watch yourself and to watch, well, you know, what you've done months ago. And and then you're trying to remember what happened in that scene or I remember that scene. It's a lot shorter now. Why? Like, and it's not most of the time, if there's cuts made, it's not personal. It's not anything. It's in some, in one of my films analysis paralysis, one of my favorite scenes ever got cut. It's one of the funniest things that I've ever written. And it, it was slowing the pacing down. And I basically, I've called that actor up and I said, Hey, listen, we had to cut the scene. I will give you the footage. You deserve the footage, but yeah. like it doesn't fit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, truthfully, when I direct, I like to hire people who I know are going to show up with a point of view for their character. They're going to show up knowing their lines. They're going to show up with an intention and a strong choice. I like to guide I don't want to sit people down and make them into a cookie cutter version of what I envisioned. As long as it's in the ballpark and as long as it's telling the story correctly, I love collaborating. I love seeing where the energy flows and goes. And so like I knew David was going to knock that, that sad scene out of the park. I had no idea he was going to deliver that performance. I just didn't, I didn't know that that was in his deck of cards and I didn't know he was going to, 
<laughs> slam it down on the table and win that hand. Because I was like, I was like, let's go. Let's yeah. do this. This is it. What was it like seeing yourself, David, doing scenes like that or just being there on that screen for this kind of a character? Um, I got to say, I, he's right. It's, it, there's a ton of trust that goes into this. And I got to say, like, um, watching it beforehand was terrifying because in this instance, you know, it's not just one or two scenes. Uh, like I said, I come from a theater background. So and I know that when you are on any productions, you don't have the luxury of filming for lots and lots and lots and lots of time. Right. And, you know, we had a lot of things with production where we had to change up our entire shooting schedule and we had to block shoot, meaning that we went from shooting a scene like your your part, my part, your part, my part, to shooting every part that is going to be from this angle. So it's I memorized early on. I just memorized all six episodes, basically like a play. Yep. So we were able to just I was like, OK, all right. You know, but when you do that, um, it's funny he mentions playbacks that we were going so quickly and trying to get so many scenes into these days that I rarely ever saw any playbacks. Also, we were shooting this in May, and you notice um, everyone else is wearing certain things. I am a six foot three. I am built like a brick house. <laughs> I am literally wearing full length pajamas. I was under three sets of covers, and then with a sleeping mask, and then wearing a mask, you know, a COVID mask in between every set. And so I was just, I had a fan on me. And so, and I was just so worried so many times about, was that good? Do I look crazy? You know, whatever. And so I was like, Jason would never make me. So there was a lot of um, trepidation to say the least, you know, about that. And so, and then being vulnerable like that, you know, I'm, I'm a funny guy. I do all these things. Of course, I'm a convict. I play angry. I play funny, all these things, but really, um, really kind of letting go and being that vulnerable and kind of weeping. And it's funny too, because we became a family on that set. And for that day, there was one day when our sound guy and some of our other uh, camera people had to switch out. And that was the day for that day when I was weeping. So it was very much like I changed and I was like, hello, hello, hello. Nice <laughs> to meet you. Nice to meet you. And then I was Meryl Streep weeping <laughs> for the next eight hours. <laughs> And it just, you know, that's what that's what it had to be. And and I kind of had to stay in it for that long, you know, and I kind of came home to my husband and he's like, are you OK? You look horrible. <laughs> I, was like, I come I... home after a long day of work. Um, but yeah, so and so after seeing that, you know, I'm I'm really excited and nervous uh, for everyone to to fall in love with that. But I'm also more than anything, I just am really proud that we were able to go there on that journey together. Uh, I, you know, my family's gonna see this. Um, if you haven't seen it, that scene and, and the reason why I'm crying, you know, my mom's gonna see this. So yeah. I think I'm a child. So I think it's gonna have a lot of uh, heartstrings and things like that. It's not just, and that's why I say when we say odd couple and, and Grace and Frankly, but there is a ton of heart in this. And it was unexpected when I read it. And I was excited to kind of, um, flex those muscles because I um, have done that a lot in my career, but not many people have seen it on film. And so to have that shown and to show heart, you know, it, it, there's, there's more to, there's more to LGBT um, entertainment content than us taking off our clothes. Not that that's not, you know, not that's not. I mean, doable. hallelujah for those, but also yes. 
know, but you know, there's there's more to that, and and to show heart and to show that we are fully rounded characters of people that that happened outside of this, and people that love us, and not parents that disowned us. Yeah. Um, and you know, so many times I've said this before. You know, there was this understanding with Hollywood, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll we'll tell your story, but you're you're gonna have AIDS, or your parents aren't gonna love yeah. you, or they're gonna, mm-hmm. you know, we're gonna tell your story, but you're not gonna be happy, and it's at a cost." And this is a well-respected uh, professor and a man whose family loves him, and that's and that was something I wanted to show. Yeah, and what's so amazing? This is what I so I love queer everything. But I enjoy a good queer series because as this series showed, it builds. The people build. And there's this, you can see the growth in them. There's obviously growth by the time we get to the final episode. And so what's exciting about thinking there's going to be a season two or a season three is watching uh, gay people just be people and watching how we all grow as humans and being able to watch, not only are these two characters very entertaining, uh, but to see them as fully actualized human beings. And I, it's not always easy just to do that in movies. It, I think we have to now take over, you know, you know, and in a different way than Will and Grace. Let's, let's be honest, in a more authentic way, uh, being who we are. And is that part of what you, you look forward to uh, in writing the next ones and being able to do the next season and, and when you look at that? Yeah, so um, one of the kind of running themes of the show is is the guys get to um, to figure out who they really are. They're given a second chance at life, and they're able to be become the people that they were meant to be, but that society didn't let them be. And so um, the plan with season two and three is to continue that journey, to continue having both Owen and Franklin really figure out what they want in life. And the reality is, yes, they're polar opposites at the beginning, so we think. Yeah. Because really, they're a lot more alike than we think. Yeah. <laughs> and you start to notice that they they're both want safety. They both want love. They both want... Uh, they want companionship. They want uh, someone who's going to understand them, someone who knows what they're going through and what they've been through. Uh, they want a family, all of those types of things. They want to know where food and money is going to come from, like all the staples of what humanity is. Yeah. And um, I mean, I'm most of the way through draft one of season two. I'm Yay. already excited because <laughs> There's a lot more uh, chaos to come, <laughs> and and but it's it's really fun to get to watch Owen and Franklin grow and yeah. watch them finally realize they don't have to just be what they were. They can also take parts of what they were and and keep that because yeah. obviously Franklin loves being an English professor. That's that's something that he desperately wants to go back to, but perhaps he didn't love being so uptight. Perhaps he right. didn't love having to be the most, uh, uh, always be the most smart person in the room, the smartest person in the room, right. uh, because perhaps that was in order to get to where he was, he needed to be better than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. There's things like that that we... Uh, we all struggle with, you know, like I'm half deaf. I've always felt the need to be better than people who are not half deaf. 
because that way they can't clock my disability against me. Right. But that's exhausting. And so, and a lot of minorities experience that. Uh, And then, you know, and then when you start adding on multiple minorities, then you got to work even harder. So it's the kind of thing where I look forward to, to getting a chance to show that journey of how, how we could be and how we could flourish if we would stop having those restraints from society. And when I watched this, what I took from this was your, your two characters are so different, but they're both what I think, uh, reacting to the same thing, which is we're a little scared to be fully vulnerable with somebody else. And yet they both in the way to protect themselves are completely different people. And what we're watching are these people figuring out that they're, there is a moment where you can feel safe with someone and maybe you can let go. Both of you can let go of, of those pieces. And I think, so if that's what I'm watching and that's what I get from it, what is it that each of you are hoping maybe, because I know it's a sitcom and that is amazing, but what are each of you hoping that, that people might take when you see these characters? I was going to say, like, uh, one of the things that I, I would encourage and challenge um, the viewers of this series is um, I think the real heart of this series, and uh, and I always say, like, in many things, but I think especially in this, is that the beauty is in the pauses and the beauty is in the silence of this show. This, we're, this is a sitcom. We are going to give you all the hilarity. We're going to give you all the slapstick and all of the um, all of the stereotypes. You know, the chaos, the fights, the crazy, the hijinks, and all that stuff. But there are in those silences and in those pregnant pauses, there are there are looks and there are little things that you can see from each character. And there, some of them are written and some of them aren't. And some of them were surprises to both of us. Um, that I think are just so beautiful. So I think watch it the first time and of course have the have the laughs and, and enjoy the ride or whatever, but go back and look at those characters and look at the heart because there are times when I think both of us were sometimes lost in those scenes and you really do feel for those characters. And even watching it back, I was surprised because I don't even remember making those, you know, those things. There's one, you know, there's one moment when I, um, when Owen has just finished his painting and Franklin comes in and he's seeing it for the first time. And I think that in that instance, Franklin is really seeing Owen for the first time. And you just see this change in Franklin. And I think that scene is tender and it's beautiful. And it's just so, you know, it just is completely turns everything on its axis and is completely uh, different than the farts and the, <laughs> are hilarious. you know what I mean? You know, because there are times I'm like, well, you farted in my face. High comedy. <laughs> exactly. It's very you know? reality, very reality. Yeah. But I just hope that, like I said, I think at, a, at this core, this is about the human experience and this is about two opposites finding finding love and finding a commonality where they didn't know it existed. And I think that that could be true in so many facets in life, not just in relationships, but in friendships. We are in a country and in a world right now that is so divided and so filled with um, just division. And I think that there is more commonality than we can expect from people that we would never see 
it in them. And I think that if we take a moment and find the beauty in those silences and look at where we can be the same, I think that we could find that there is love at our core and we maybe want the same things. Yeah. And you, Jason. Yeah, and, and, you know, one of the things I really hope people take away when they watch the series is that we don't often get a second chance to go after things. And life is too short to not go after the things that we think we might want to do. Because one of the things that the characters are getting to do in this in this in season one is they're just starting to scratch the surface of who they might want to be, right. who they are are able to be, and I've watched way too many people in this industry try to fit into a mold and try to make themselves into something that they think the world wants to see. And they end up miserable. They end up burning out. All of those things, as opposed to celebrating what makes them different and makes them special. And so my hope is that this show encourages people to be themselves and to be different and to celebrate their their differences and and what makes them special. And I think you guys have hit on the what I think about is life is in the moments. It's, uh, you know, it's what we, we choose to make it. And there, it's never too late. It is never too late. I want to thank you to you for spending this time with us. First of all, I was so excited to get to talk to you. I can't stop supporting indie artists. I think the stories that get told without the chains of certain rules is absolutely amazing. This is so much fun. Uh, for you people watching, please, it's worth checking out. It's worth you know, go spend your $10 a month at Deku and go support queer artists, and especially this. Um, you guys have been getting some really good I, I feedback and press, which makes me excited and keeps my fingers crossed because it's stories like this I think we need to continue to lift up. And so I appreciate you all working so hard to to tell these stories. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us, Jonathan. I yes, love it. Yes. You guys are both amazing. I uh, I just can't can't say enough. And I do want to remind everybody. Like I said, it debuts April sixth, uh, which is just around the corner. Go to deku.com, um, and you can follow these lovely gentlemen on all socials. Like we all stock stars, and so you can stock them too. Uh, so be sure to go and support them. And uh, I hope we get to see a lot more of Franklin and Owen. I hope we get to see a lot more of this series. Come on, if friends can go for 10 years, this can give us something. Come on. So thank you again. You guys are lovely. Uh, and I have no doubt I will see you in the future in the stars. So thank you. Thank you.